You guys know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just a Tip Off, the only NBA podcast that makes my boss question why I'm hungover so often during the week. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's me, Mason. It's me, Sam. And it's Nathan over here. We got some good stuff to talk about to, uh, today on this episode of Just a Tip Off. Um, so we're just going to dive right into it. Panic? Do you panic or not? That's the topic uh, we're starting with. There's a couple teams that have... Uh, Got their fingers on the red button to evacuate, but we're not sure if they're going to do it. What do you guys think? Any teams come to mind? Um, the obvious question, uh, the obvious answer is the Lakers. Like everyone, everyone's been talking about the Lakers. Uh, clearly, they did not come off to as hard start as they wanted. Um, LeBron's getting chippy. You saw him in the interview being like, "You don't want to be around when I lose my patience." And I think he was more like. I saw. I think he was upset at the reporters. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he was in a bad mood. Well, he, so. he's coming off a lot. And here's the thing: is if reporters are going to put him in a bad in a bad mood, he really shouldn't have gone to the Lakers. Like that's he's now the most talked about player in sports. That's fair. That's but, fair. But um, oh no, I think it's a still little, a person. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a little too early to panic if you're the Lakers. Um, because frankly, if you're the Lakers, your goals aren't that high. Um. So, like, as, as the Lakers, if you win your, if you make the playoffs and win your first round, that's more than people expected from you. Yeah, I, I, I think. I mean, if you make the playoffs, people kind of expected that to be yeah. maybe the seventh or eighth seed, but you actually making it through the first round mm-hmm. would be impressive. And furthermore, LeBron's been letting other players play in the clutch moments. And do you really think? Yeah, and they they've, they've been really, in a lot of close games. So yeah. the extra section, exception of that Suns game. Every game has been pretty close. I think it's it's growing pains. I think there's a lot of young players on that team who may not know how to win those close games. I think the only thing they have to be a little concerned about is the fact that the three seed and the nine seed in the West last year was decided by three games. So all these close losses, they could matter coming down to uh, April, March, March, and April. So I, I think one thing that uh, we should talk about is Lonzo stepping up. I think he's playing like people imagine to do. Uh, I'm going to get out in front of that one and say that he has been doing sporadically better, but last night he did not look good. Yeah. So and in he, the past few games, since Rondo being back, he's not looked good. Yeah, and I wonder, you know, he played really well with Rondo gone. I wonder if they try to make it the Lonzo show and turn Rondo into much more of a role player. I think Rondo is proven a great player, one of the smartest. I think you almost t- treat him as a player coach. And maybe put him in in clutch situations, but beyond that, I think Rondo needs to be getting a lot less minutes than he's actually getting. So Lonzo is one of those people who get has to get hot, I think, for him to start making shots. He's mm-hmm. going to keep shooting them until he gets hot, because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. But um, with Rondo on the floor, he's more of the assist guy. So him passing you the ball doesn't really have as many negative consequences. I mean, you could say it did against the Spurs because he tried to pass it off rather than take the easy two, which Ultimately, ended up them losing the game. Uh, but then you look at the game last night where Lonzo was guarding, uh, who was it, Jimmy Butler, and then he got switched off onto Rajon Rondo, who's a much smaller guy than Jimmy Butler. So he took the go-ahead three, won the game, basically. Jimmy, I mean, week. Jimmy Butler was – he was 5-5 five for five from three in the fourth quarter. He was – on point in the fourth quarter. Having them on the floor together, I think, is redundant. I don't like them. I don't like a Rondo Lonzo 
line up together. And I don't know why they even do that because Ingram and Kuzma both play the same position normally in the game. But you can have those two in the game because they're both proven scorers at that position. And they have a little more flexibility with guarding. They can guard the smaller guards, but at least Kuzma, depending on the center, can get down and guard a center. But you got two small guards on like that, both who really aren't big scorers at the moment right now, really hinders a team that already has struggles shooting the basketball. I think that's a, a trait of a young guy is he has to miss. Some, I mean, it, it, it can happen to anyone, but it's one of those things where, I don't know, the, the Lakers' hand is over the panic button. We don't think they're going to do uh, it. I, I, I don't think you panic yet. No panic yet? All right. What about the Rockets? One and four right now. Yes, Chris Paul and Harden have only played two games together. I think they've both been out injury-wise. But the lack of depth there, I think, is glaring. It is a little bit of a concern. Um, but, yeah, Rockets, one and four to start the season. So the obvious, answer, the obvious question here, and this is something we're going to get more in depth later, but if you're the Rockets and you are starting to panic, you've already offered up four first-round draft picks for Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler obviously is going to pull your team back together. I think the Rockets' Jimmy Butler is a stupid good team. They will have to give up more depth, though. They'll have to give up their backup center and Marquise Chris and someone else. So any uh, depth that they had would be. Do you really think you're going to miss Brandon Knight? No, what? but it's a body. It's a body. Is no, it be... they're never going to play him. But it's still a body, though. The Rockets cannot play 82 games so only playing 77 players a game. They won't survive. Play, they play more than seven players. Don't be. If they out. get, if they, Come if on. they trade that, if they trade the other two players away, those two, they can still play. They still have more than seven bodies. Quit being so dramatic. Exactly. No, but once I get to the playoffs, though, you're going to play no names? No. You're going to get burnout. James Harden, so once play, again, is going to get so burnout in the playoffs. You gonna, so instead, are you going to play Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight, who are the only reason they aren't no names is because they got talked about as being huge busts? And I would think that Jimmy Butler might be able to Capella carry some of the Capella can't play 48 weight. minutes a game, though. I think Jimmy Butler can handle some of the defensive He's Regardless, I think they're fine. Yeah, I don't think I, they should panic either. I, I think they're fine, but here's their one idea of a panic move. Um, right now, the Timberwolves want those four first-round draft picks and Eric Gordon. Do you pull the trigger on Eric Gordon? Do you say, hey, we need to start winning fast? Do you say, Jimmy Butler's worth these draft picks and Eric Gordon? Because that's, the, that's their panic move, and it's not a huge panic because it's clearly an upgrade. But if you can keep four picks, though, Four first again, round again, picks. but is the Rockets so those first fourth round picks are going to be in the twenties, yeah. most likely. Yeah. They're yeah. going to be good enough that every single one of those picks, maybe one of them is lower, but well, but they're they all go, going to be in go, the twenties. They go to twenty twenty five. You haven't had a first round draft pick in a while. Do you really think that you're? I mean, they have to have a first round draft pick every other year because of the what's it, what's it called rules, the Piatt rules. But um, if you give up half your first-round draft picks for the next half a de- decade, do you really think you're going to continue running this dynasty, especially when your second-highest player is going to be 37 at the end of his contract? No. So the, the le- very least, the next two, maybe three, are going to be in the 20s, and I think you see a serious drop-off after 10 in talent once you get to the NBA. Every once in a while, you get a steal like Kuzma or like Jimmy Butler was. He was a low-round a low round pick, but the talent – Difference definitely drops off once yeah. you hit once you hit the twenties. But then that's why you also have trades and you also have contract negotiations, cap space, all this kind of stuff that you can do. Regardless, 
We but we all think they don't pay, they they aren't gonna panic or they are gonna panic. What do you think? I think they're gonna panic just because of who Mike D'Antoni is as a coach. No, Mike D'Antoni is a coach who can't sit on his hands and ride it out. He has to make a move. Okay, Nathan, what do you think? Hit the red button. Uh, I think I think it, make the trade. You, you wait. You wait and to panic and also until you know you get all your players back healthy because they haven't really had a complete team yet. How many games until you panic? Oh, I don't know, probably another for the Rockets. For, the, for them to not win another game. To not win to not another win game. Another game. How many games? Uh, three or four. But three I or four. Put, okay, so less than ten. Less than ten games until he hits the panic button. Until, right? until you got to change something up, and and then if if if. Harden and Chris Paul still aren't healthy by that point. Then I don't know. Then I, I mean that, that's something that you can't avoid. But so that's something is, to look at. We'll take it as you're not going to hit the panic button for another couple of days, Sam. You're hitting it. Um, I'm not hitting it. I think Mike D'Antoni is. All right, Mike D'Antoni are two different people. <laughs> they, I mean, they have they're scheduled. They got Portland tonight. Then they have two easy. Yeah, Brooklyn, Chicago, and then you go Indiana, OKC, San Antonio, Indiana, Denver, Golden State. That's a tough spread of six or seven games. That a lot of those nights are you know going to be very close, hard fought games. So I don't know. Are you watching the Rocket schedule? Same. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I think. Another team that was supposed to be good who is not quite up to people's expectations. As much as I hate to say it, the Thunder uh, not doing Suck. great. I mean, they won. It's because they Mello won so much for that team. Okay, yeah, they no, lost Melo. They, they lost Melo, who was a spot-up shooter. Who do they have I'm, to replace I'm him? I'm kidding. They, losing Melo lost them zero value. He was such a defensive liability. He shot less than 28% from three. Honestly, I, I think they're just... Because they added Reggie Jackson, which is a good pickup, uh, but neither Reggie Jackson nor Westbrook, I mean Dennis Schroeder, play a ton of defense. So I think they're really waiting because I think they say Andrew Roberson is less than a month away from coming back, and he was really him and Paul George really lead that team on the defensive end. Yeah. So they're giving up a lot of points to some bad teams. They let the Kings score almost 140 on them. Oh, that's right. Come on, the Kings are. Do we think that was an enigma night for the Kings? Or do you yes. really think their defense is that bad? Uh, a little bit of both. Because mm-hmm. I think the Thunder have been given up. They, I mean, the, I think the Kings are probably had a good night shooting. I mean, they did let Shumpert have almost 30 points. No one lets that happen. Um, <laughs> he was having a day. But a day. I, th- I think once once they get a little more defense on the guard position, especially with how guard-heavy the West is, it's going to help. So I have a hard time believing... Is Andre Robertson really the missing piece? Does he's Andre, not the missing piece. Why not? Why not? He doesn't need to be a scorer. No, he's fine. Like, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I think he plays there seemed to be an team. upward inflection in that But No, no, no. Well, <laughs> absolutely. Listen, when, when you look at them now, what's their record? They are, are one they and four. One and four? No, they won a second game. I've got one and four. Really? They're one and four. Fuck. All right, so they're one and four right now. And to be a playoff team in the West, you have to be slightly above 500. So they are currently 200. Does Andre Robertson really add 300 to their win total? With numbers, with games like these, I think he's going to add more with more games. Right now he's got the same offensive talent as Melo does, but considerably better defense. Exactly. It's change. Change could be either good or bad. Okay. So I think he does. I'm also a fan, so claiming biased opinion. But regardless, 
Uh, something we didn't mention that was actually been going on this whole time is the uh, Celtics-Pistons game. So if we actually like react or something like that, someone says fuck or <laughs> out of nowhere, that's probably why. Yeah. But it's currently 45-45. It's a pretty close game. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, Andre Drummond is stepping up and playing great against um, Al Horford in that last play. That's Perry hard. Just missed a free throw. If you guys are remember watching this game and are like, oh, I remember that play. This is where we're at. Just take <laughs> up your time. So we talked about so the Thunder not going to hit the panic button in my opinion. I would. We got one panic button. Nathan, what about you? Um, I think a couple more games because Westbrook is now back. He's only got two games underneath him since mm-hmm. injury. So I think you need to have a couple more games with Westbrook back to really see it. 82-game season, guys. 82-game season. Yeah. So yes, but it's the West. We talked about two. Every game exactly. matters. Exactly. It matters. We talked about two teams who we thought were supposed to be good and ended up not. Let's shift it over to a team that no one really expected a lot from and has been living up to those standards, the Wizards. I don't say no one expected a lot from them. I was expecting them to be, I don't say I'm Not one in five. I was doubting the hell out of them. I really? thought they were going to be, I they did not look, because I thought, it, so I don't mean to say that I thought this, but I thought that Bradley Beal and freaking John Wall had so much trouble in the locker room and talking about other players having issues with getting the ball and on offense and taking shots. There's just so much drama going on over there, putting Dwight Howard into the mix. So he, he's not even, he hasn't even played exactly. yet. Exactly. So, so. So, from, so from what I gathered, the only... Like, the only player they were having an issue with was Marcin Gortat, and they cleared that. And, yeah, maybe later in the season they'll have more locker room issues with Dwight Howard, but if he hasn't even played yet, and he, That's my point. They've got issues now. Beal and Wall are already calling out people in the locker room. Yeah. That has already been documented this season. Yeah, and so, I, here's the thing is, it was my understanding last year that Marcin Gortat was the problem. And they got rid of him, and they brought in Dwight Howard, and that you figure if Dwight Howard's going to bring problems, it might not be till the end of the season. And so, but if you're already having locker room issues without Dwight Howard playing yet, panic, panic right now. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> what do you have to offer though? The, think about every think about every player you uh, who's good on the Wizards, aside from Bradley Beal, who, as far as I can tell, seems pretty level headed, but I really don't know that much about. Basically, every player you can think of with the Wizards is known as being fiery. You got John Wall, you got Kelly Uber, you got Otto Porter Jr., you got uh, Markeith Morris, who's the more angry than Morris Brothers. Funny enough. Yeah, like, that's, I, I would panic. And, I don't know, I think you want to find out, you might still make a playoffs even in the East, because you're in the East. But, is that really, is that your goal? Is that what you want? They, they want to get beat in the first round. They, they yeah. want to compete, and they're not. I agree. I think. But I think they, it's time to panic. I don't know what they can do so to try let, to make this team better. But coin, let's play those of the coin. They made one big off move, uh, one big move this offseason that brought in Dwight Howard, and he hasn't even played yet. And so maybe that's the piece they're missing. So maybe when Dwight Howard comes comes in, they got to at least wait around. for him to get there. What yeah. what has taken them so long? I don't have. They get this in the offseason. I think it's an injury, but I'm not sure. Let's figure out why he's not playing. Cause that's, that's, we're wondering why they're not panicking or why they should be panicking, and they they don't have this freaking guy. Ex- they- he is expected to make his uh, – he had an injured back. is expected to make his season debut this week. Okay. So right. so give it a week, then panic. 
Look at Zaza Pachulia with the steal. Always looking for the assist. Zaza just attacked the basket. Regardless. What the fuck? Regardless. You got to see Blake Griffin because that's what sells tickets. <laughs> right. Someone's got to win the tour. So the, the last, yeah. As you see, go, go ahead. Uh, I, I was going to say, there's one more team. You know, if we're talking about should you panic or not. There's one team in the league who is clearly panicking. They hit the button. They, they did hit it. the big red button. Six games in. And granted... 0-6, that's not a great record. But you, So, only twice in NBA history has a team been fired four times? Mm-hmm. Who else? Uh, the Sixers did it, and um, they, ha- they had the uh, that diagram up in a game the other night. It's done been done four times. The Sixers did it once, and I forget what the other team was. All right. but- well, only, only twice in my memory of the NBA has a team fired their head coach after making the NBA Finals the year before, and in the last three, four years, the Cavs have done it twice now. Goodbye, David Blatt, and now goodbye, Tyron Lue. Yeah, he... I mean... I kind of think Ty Lue was on loan with LeBron, <laughs> to be honest. Was, you said it yourself, Sam. He wasn't there to be the coach. He was there to quell LeBron and keep him in... Where he need keep him focused on what he needs to be focused on. Yeah. I haven't seen the Ty, coach of the Cavs. I haven't seen Ty Lue do more than sit on his chair and give like a dumb uh, expression on his face during the games. That's he, he interviews well. That's so he got a he got a hired to be interviewed. Listen, but here's the thing: is a um, Tyron Lue is going to make fifteen million dollars over the next three years from the Cleveland Cavaliers, no matter what. Regardless. He does. Classic has move. Classic Cleveland move. And B, Tyler Lue made the NBA Finals last year, so someone's gonna pick him up. Yeah, that's that's more what I'm interested in. As a head coach, I mean, there's not many, and there's not as of right now. You know, early people can still be fired. There's no open coaching spots in the NBA right now. Well, we're also six games in. I know. And also sit for a little bit. Yeah. He's no, got that, a little bit of money coming that's his way. That's fine because he's still getting paid like he's the coach of the gas. <laughs> I agree, but it would not surprise me if he does not get another head coaching job in the NBA. It wouldn't surprise me if he did. Go to college. Exactly. He's going to get a job if he wants no, he's, Listen, Ty, Ty Lue, aside from his Cavs money, will be making seven figures next year. And that is something I'm willing to bet a whole dollar bill on. Ooh. One dollar, one crisp dollar bill. I will go to the bank and make sure it's new. Okay, well. If he's not going to be coaching the Cavs, that leads me to think, who is? Currently, it's their assistant coach. Larry Drew. Larry Drew. Is the interim. Which, Actually, no, I see. He didn't even he didn't even want to be the interim head coach. He, he denied being that. He said, I'm just going to be an assistant coach. You're going to be no head coach right now. I would either be the assistant coach or the head coach with a head coach contract. He said he did not want to be the interim. Why would he be so against that? Because you I don't know. Our last interim head coach, he took us to three straight NBA finals. I don't okay. know. <laughs> I'm not Larry Tyler Drew. Tyler as interim head coach. And granted, this is a very this different is, team. This is a very different You can't. Yeah, but, like, all right, it's a very different team because of one player. So he like, was, was the team. team. He right. was the team. But that's the bit. That fucking player made a hell oh, of a difference. Absolutely no, I'm not I'm not trust me, I'm not diminishing the accomplishments of LeBron. But still, like So here's what I'm saying. We tend to take our internet coaches and make them head coaches. We don't tend to hire from the outside. Right? Because you've had a coach on the court. So you now need a coach on the bench to actually do the job. So being that you need that person, 
you gotta fire that that guy who wasn't it. Apparently, there was also some disagreement between the general manager Kobe Altman and Ty Lue about minutes um, in terms of the rookies. Oh, wow. They think the they're playing Corver. The, uh, they think they're playing the Corver too long, and not playing Sexton enough, not playing Vance enough. I, there, there was a, there was a lot of disagreement on JR, minutes. Corver making bad. He still has a lot to offer. Yeah, Here's JR's the thing: is if you're shit. not even going to play Corver, why didn't you trade him at the beginning of the season? Because he's one of the few pieces we have that had value. Yeah, and I, and I, I he still has Corver. value. I still love, has value. He still does, I, and I think we, and I think we, I think, I think like a team who struggles with shooting, like the Lakers, you think we would take up take Corver right now? I think we should be shopping Caleb. I think we should embrace the tank and shopping everything we have. They can't does. right now because he's injured. Yeah, I think I think we'd be shopping everything we have that has any value on uh, over the age of twenty-seven. That's half the team. You want to be the Kings, dude? Uh, have a terrible front office. Have a terrible new head coach who you don't even know, and have completely all new players. No, I want to be. You just want to start over. I that be, is the epitome of hitting the panic button. I want to be the Sixers, who did the exact same thing, but came out the other side. So you got. It's going to be a pretty damn good team in a couple time. years. Three years. The Sixers completely rebuilt. They, yeah, they, they made the playoffs in 2012. Yep, they, they made the, they went from being a good team to then going last place in the league, and then back up to uh, talk of being a championship contender in three seasons. And that is what I want as a cast fan, 100%. You, you, got, you got to nail the draft picks. Well, yeah. You, which the Sixers they have had, made Marco Fultz is still a question, but you cannot say that they didn't well, nail the draft well, picks on Simmons. They had be. a good amount of first-round picks, and they've landed some of them. They've landed some good ones. LeBron and Kyrie to be the best of the of. Overall, I think Colin Sexton shows show some promise. Colin Sexton shows some promise, I, I but he's not, a first, he's not a first overall. Technically, yeah. he's, what the Kevin Sixers did. A, yeah, I, I think first I, round pick. If we're going to be frank, what the Sixers did is they got, well, was, was Joel Embiid first overall? Yep. Was Ben Simmons first yep. overall? And Mark Hall. Yeah. They got first overall. overall. Three first overall picks. Oh, yeah. Two out of three, I would say, have paid dividends twofold. Um... And Marco Holtz still could. Still could. So that's or a Marco Holtz is good enough that do you, you think you the can Cavs can be can do that? I, if I, they try and they fail and they don't get all first round first overall picks. I, I can think of three first over. I can think of three first overall picks that the Cavs have had in my lifetime, and two of them have been outstanding builder franchise around players, and one of them has been Anthony Bennett. Andrew Wiggins. I say that's the question. We, didn't, we, didn't, uh, we picked him up He's the trade bait. And technically, Kevin Love. So yeah. technically, Kevin Love was that Which first. I'm very draft okay pick. with that move. So fine, we've had Andrew Wiggins, who we traded for Kevin Love, great move. We had Kyrie Irving, who Kyrie Irving, great move, and we had LeBron James, who LeBron James, great move, and we also had Anthony Bennett. That's you know, the only one. You know, I feel like there was a lot. There's more than just that. Though in my lifetime, we've had four first overall, four first overall draft picks. That I'm aware of. I could be wrong, but I've been a Cavs fan since 03 when I was eight and LeBron came to the league. I've been a Cavs ever since. And that's what I remember. All right. Well, I'm going to open it up. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we started bringing it up. Does anyone have any suggestions who should take time to lose place? Because I have an off-the-wall one, which um, – Sean Miller, Arizona's coach, he's basically been coaching the NBA team because he pays his players. Um, he's going to get forced out, sort of like Pete Carroll did out of uh, USC. I don't think he's going to stick around to Arizona. I think DeAndre Ayton, everyone knows he got paid. Whether or not there's proof, I think it's a bad look on Sean Miller. 
But I also think he's a great coach. Yeah. Did pretty good. Yeah. And so I think, you know, he's, he's around. And also, if you're going through a rebuilding era, why not roll some dice on a, a coach like that? Because there's one thing he's good at recruiting. Yeah. I mean, he, 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 he's, he can spot talent. He's, he consistently brings Arizona to a top four seed in the NCAA tournament without having the biggest of talent. Well, don't worry, he finds talent, but it's not like he's pulling in like Duke and Kentucky. So the man yeah. knows how to coach basketball. DeAndre, DeAndre Aiden is the only first overall draft pick. I think Sean And then, but aside from that, he's had decent role players. Yeah, he's had decent role players and a lot of players. There's a lot of players who are in the NBA who I don't think would be in the NBA if they didn't play for Sean Miller, um, such as what's his fuck who, who plays great for the Knicks right now. He's a rookie. Alonzo Trier. Uh, Alonzo Trier. Alonzo Trier wasn't even drafted, but now he's playing great. Um, and do you really think that he would be doing this if he didn't play in the Sean Miller system? Uh, I think he learned a lot from him. Yes. I, again, I don't think him having like say he gone to like Duke, Kentucky would have hurt that. There's a lot more teams, a lot more teams out there that where he got into there, they wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't be here. But there are a couple other coaches in college basketball who can elevate a player's game. Obviously, yeah. it's oh, no, your I'm other not, big I'm, blue blood basketball. Schools. I'm not saying he's the only coach in college basketball who's not saying coach. I'm just saying he's the only one who's probably being pushed out this season. He's the one that everyone might think doesn't have a job next year. That's yeah. for sure. He's, exactly. he's the, he's, it's not that off the wall. He's the player who's left. Who has a big coach now? Unless you count Krzyzewski for Wendell Carter Jr. getting paid. I think they're going to try to but stick with... But that wasn't actually Coach Kale's an assistant coach, but I don't know. I think they're going to stick Holy with their assistant head fuck! It's, did that... What? Dude, all right, they need to show a replay of this shot. Um, the Sixers just hit... Uh, That's like, the Pistons. St- or, sorry, the Pistons just hit a stupid buzzer beater to end half... Like, with .8 seconds left... He, I think he threw it up because he thought he was getting fouled or because he was worried about time getting out. But <laughs> That was from his back hip. Are you shitting me? What the fuck? Je- oh, my God. Right, Aaron so Jackson for any of our my if fantasy team. This, if, for any of our listeners, if you didn't watch this game, you need to look up the um, Detroit Pistons, Boston Celtics highlights, and just skip to the last shot at halftime. Reggie and Jackson. Reggie Jackson. Hits this complete off-balance shot that he threw up because he thought he was getting fouled. And he's pissed that he didn't get the foul, but he made it. He threw it out of his back pocket. It literally, it literally had the trajectory of, like, a baseball throw. It was it had zero arc to it. He sort of just sort of, like, side-armed it. Like, <laughs> picture um, Andrew Luck throwing a shovel pass. You know how he does that thing? Yeah, but he kind of, like, I, I think he scooped it more. I thought it was more like a freaking scoop than anything. You know, it, that was an ugly, ugly shot that went in. <laughs> All right. Anyway, they took the lead at halftime over the Celtics, and yes, that's, that's what we yeah. did. We told you this was gonna happen. <laughs> All right. So moving onward, um, we had a fun matchup this last week. Um, the Bucks played the Raptors, the only remaining two unbeaten teams in the NBA, and both of them decided not to play their stars. So we had. Well, um, I didn't say Giannis, was I Giannis was a concussion. Kawhi Leonard was rest. And Kawhi Leonard was rest. So the Raptors easily could have just been like, "All right, we're going to win this game, but yeah. Kawhi Leonard." But yeah. they didn't play him. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What if it Kawhi has to be rest? Maybe he did. You know. And the Raptors, what are they going to do? Say no, you can't rest. We want to keep him here next year. We better keep him happy. There's no reason for them to say no. What 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 if this was a temperature check for Kawhi? He's like, I don't really want to play this game, and they're like, All right, fine. He's like, Really? Pop never let me do that shit. Yeah. Like, but all right. So 
We got to see what are right now pretty much the two top teams in the East. Um, in a weird scenario, but it's kind of play, fun. Play each other without their stars. And so I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run down the numbers real quick. Um, so the Bucks beat the Raptors, uh, 124 to 109. So just by that, the 15 points. Yep, 15 points. The Kawhi-less Raptors are worse than the Giannis-less Bucks by one game, small sample size. So what we need to decide is: is this true? Um, is this true? And um, if this is true, are we like? Do we think that the Bucks are actually better than the Raptors? Do we think that the uh, Kawhi makes the Raptors that much better? At, makes the Raptors more better than Giannis makes the Bucks? I don't know how to say that properly, but you get what I mean by more Bucks, better. Yeah. Bucks bench, bottom line, Bucks bench is better. All right, how's that for alliteration? All right. Bucks bench, I think, is better than the Raptors bench. I think for you the hate reason. the Raptors bench because you hate Fred Brimley, but continue. All right, so. Call it a biased opinion if you want. I think that the Toronto Raptors have a lot of solid role players, but a role player needs to be a role player. Serge Ibaka did well, but you think Serge Ibaka is going to come out every night and put up 30? Are you kidding me? I said Serge Ibaka showed up for the first time in two years. Exactly. I think that the Bucks have a lot more young talent and a lot more talent ready. Dude, holy crap. Thon Maker, out of, oh my, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but this guy is... Playing like Giannis, they're all Thought, the same. Maker finally played like he was supposed to play for the last two years. Mm-hmm. They're the yeah. archetype of what Giannis looks like yeah. and like plays like. They're they long just and need lanky. To, exactly, long, lanky, and Thon can actually shoot a three, which Giannis can't do this season. But more importantly, Thon he hit a Steph Curry three. That shit was crazy. And I, that that is all coming from the new coach, Mike Boonholzer. They brought him in. He was Atlanta's last year. He has put an emphasis on shooting more threes this year. They shot 45 threes in that game. I don't think they shot 45 threes in a single game last season. Yeah. They, they shoot a lot more threes. They brought in players who can shoot threes, bringing in um, players like Ilyasova and Brooke Lopez helped that. I'm glad you for sure. both those guys because you know what else those guys did? Get rebounds. Threes and rebounds. What do you want to do if you're shooting a three? Have a lot of guys to catch it if it misses. Mm-hmm. And that is perfect. That That is one of a dangerous offense for me, especially on defense, too. They're long, lanky, get a lot of blocks, get a lot of steals. That seems like a, Then you get so, out in transition. So I want to see them play the Warriors so bad. So I ran a little numbers here because it, we can easily look at this one game and say, well, uh, the Bucks are better without their star than the Raps are without their star. But let's look at the numbers and let's uh, see if this is a typical season, if this is a typical game of the season, and we might be able to talk about some other things. But so in this game, the Bucks shot forty-eight point four percent from the floor, and they shoot forty-seven point eight from the floor for the season. So they played exactly how you'd expect, but without Giannis, and I think Giannis is going to boost that percentage. So maybe they shot better than they normally would. All right. Um, in this game, the Raptors shot 37.9 from the floor, and they normally shoot 47.7. That, hello, hello there. Ah. We had on ESPN. Difficulty. <laughs> um, but, so they clearly, they shot close to 10% less from the field than they normally do. And you can say, maybe that's Kawhi's shots not there, but the I, Bucks Kawhi, defense, I think Kawhi can make up 10%. The Bucks exactly. That's a lot. That is a lot. So I think he's going to have to shoot and make a lot of shots. He's gonna, Exactly. All right. Moving onward, the um, like you said, they shoot a lot more threes. 
the Bucks shot 42.2% from the floor on 45 threes when throughout the season they normally shoot 35.6 from three on 24.7 threes. She shot like not quite twice as much, but close to twice as much at 7% uh, more efficiency. So, so they were just shooting way better. But I, I, I think that I think is what you, you're going you to start that, to if see. If you take all those extra points from just shooting high volume lights out of three, I don't. I think that game goes to the Raptors. But I wouldn't say. That I think that is the new box. I think that that's great. You I think. Say that I they, think uh, if uh, an entire team shoots over forty percent from three, dude, let's at, on forty-five. Hold up, hold up. I want to see where they. How many? Sh- okay, so if they're gonna shoot a three and they miss, and they keep shooting threes and miss and miss and miss. How many threes did it take them to get hot, or how many, were they hot from the beginning? You know, that's what I want to see. Because if they keep shooting threes, they shot a lot of them. There was a reason they shot a lot of them, right? They changed up their offense. I, I, I think I, this, I think so this not setting up three is point the new box to shoot to like shoot threes. That. Yeah, they pulled uh, a lot of shots. Thon Maker, we all just I just talked about. He shot like. Three threes from my memory that I can think of made two of them, which were from Steph Curry range. Also, Kawhi Leonard was on the uh, floor, who is the a best great defender, defender, defender. A great defender. That's true. Yeah. Total two. Not having So you, you'd, you'd have to exploit that. That's that's only one player that he's guarding, though. Yeah, exactly. Everybody was was hit, was shooting and making yeah. threes. But I, I, I don't see – even if you take Giannis off the floor, because – I don't see them shooting that percentage of that volume three ever again. Okay, so you'll take. I don't know. I think who is um, the Bucks? I think Middleton. I think Middleton's a knockdown shooter. I think Thon Maker had a great night. I think Middletown. Is, Middleton is the, by far their best knockdown shooter. Yeah, absolutely. On the no, team, Middleton's a great shooter. He's elite. But because uh, they've upgraded one. positions to the have the three point shoot Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is a very underrated player. Very underrated. He's very speedy, very quick, can make quick cuts. He looks unathletic, but that's a very deceiving factor for him. And he's able to make a lot of awesome like drives to the basket. He's, I don't know. They have a lot of young talent, and I think that's why they're better than the, Rap- the Kawhi-less Raptors. Put Kawhi on the team, keep Giannis off. I think but, right. they would still maybe be able to beat him, but I think it would be a lot closer. The Raptors might still have the favor. Put put Giannis into the game. I think the Bucks would beat a Kawhi Raptor. All right, so let's let's play the other side of the corner talking about all this young talent they have and how good they are. So it, the Raptors shot twenty percent from uh, three when they normally shoot thirty four percent. Defense. And you think that you are going to attribute that one hundred percent to the Bucks defense? No, I think they because, they, because I they, think they got in their head enough. enough. That their shots were off and they're not. So they don't have. They're all role players. So the Celtics to rally behind. So the Celtics is the Celtics defense because they shot great against the Celtics. Celtics, Celtics defense. Who did is the Raptors did? Okay, Raptors shot great against the Celtics. Yeah. When? Uh, two games ago. Two games ago. So they had Kawhi. I'm yeah. saying they. Had, so here's the thing. They had a person to go to, who was the points score. Okay. They're a bunch of role players without Kawhi. Their points score now. That's I mean, they I didn't. They, they shot their average. Below. They didn't. They, 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 the, the, against the against the Boston Celtics, the the Raptors shot their season average. Exactly. But so, do you really think that the Bucks defense is that much better than the Celtics defense? Or do you have think they played yet? Or, or do you, have they played yet? Boston, Boston, Milwaukee. No. 
Well, they have not played I might yet. See that. Wait, yes, okay, they have. Well, Wait, no, they have. Yeah, so we'll, so we'll, we'll know when we see it, but that's not the point. We're speculating now. I speculate they are then. You, you think they are? You think that they are fourteen percent from three and? Eight. I think they're six and zero, aren't they? Yeah. Seven. Seven and zero. Okay. Um, but also you brought up all these young players that the uh, Boston has who are great talents. No, I brought up the. Bucks or, sorry, players. sorry, Bucks players. Sorry, I've been drinking. You brought up all these young players that the Bucks have, but let's also talk about. A, so you got veteran leadership in um, Kawhi Leonard, or sorry, uh, Kyle Lowry and uh, Sergi Bach. I think those are two, like you said, veteran veterans, players. Veterans, yes. Yeah. Leaders, I don't know. Serge, yes. Kyle, I don't know. I think you hate Kyle Lowry. I don't hate him. I have a disdain for how good people think he is for it how have to okay up, I think he is. They might have to put up over 20 points a game in the last four or five seasons, but whatever. Um I think I think Kyle Lowry. Interesting how they haven't been able to go anywhere with it. Yeah, because they keep on going into LeBron. <laughs> Who have they lost to other than LeBron in the playoffs? <laughs> but uh, move, moving onward, they did lose to Boston one time. It was also a great team, and it was a great series. Um, moving onward, um, they also have uh, Danny Green, who's coming from a pop system. I think he's Good a great player. player. Good player. Good um, role player. Yeah, yeah. I I would go. He's. I think you're using role player as a negative connotation. I don't think it's a negative connotation. I think it's. I think I'm trying to use it as someone who's not going to be the one to win them the game without a star player. I think Danny Green, through his days at the Spurs, can prove he can knock down clutch shots. Yeah, well, star players on the court who got him to the point where he could hit that clutch shot. Okay. Um. Uh, on top of that, they also have um, now a role player can be that clutch player. But you still need someone to get you to the point yeah. where you can make those opportunities. Okay. Um, and then they all, you were talking about their young talent. The Celtics also have OG uh, OG Aganobi, or how do you how do you say that? Uh, OG Adenobi. Adenobi. He did not play. Who he's play? injured right now. But and yeah, he's. They also have Fred VanVleet, who is one of the better backup point guards in the league. Not one of the better point guards, but one of the better backup point guards in the league. I'll agree. I think it's him, Dennis Schroeder, Terry Rozier. I think that's a pretty tight club of three. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, they're good. They, I think they'd be in contention they, for they, six they, man. Yeah. One, one, and, do you put Derrick Rose in there? Um, I do right now, but like you said, 82-game season. We'll <laughs> um, but also, What was the score of that game? Which one? The Bucks, uh, uh, Bucks raptors 124-109. 124-109. So, one win. Okay, so yeah, fifteen point win. That still got me thinking, though. What like that's pretty on point, on par for scoring this season. But like last season, that'd probably be considered a high game, right? Well, Mason, I'm glad you asked. Oh, am I leading into the next topic? Oh, like how did you do that? <laughs> um, so I had I was you know looking over some scores and I've been noticing there's some really high scoring games so I'm just gonna name off the six that came to, that looking through scores I was like wow uh, the other night the Warriors beat the Bulls 149 to 124 in regulation the Bulls 76ers 108 to 127 in regulation 76ers Bucks 108 to 123 in regulation the Cavs uh, T Wolves 123 131 in regulation Pelicans Rockets opening night 112 in regulation. And lastly, Hawks Grizzlies, 117-131 in regulation. There have been multiple overtime games that are all super high scoring, but that's overtime. That's what you got to take away with it. But the, here's six 
high scoring games. Did cool. you even include the Warriors last night? Yeah, 152. 152 to mm-hmm. one. I thought they were 149 to 124 against the Wolves. That's what I started with. Okay, that's when you started yeah, with. Yeah, 149 to 124. Regardless. Yeah. That's so freaking high. Yeah. That's so They high. scored 92 points and a half, which got me wondering, um, are we scoring more this year? Easy answer. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> the average, uh, this season, the average team scores 112.3 points a game. Yeah. Yeah, 100, so 112 points a game. Last year, the average team scored 106 points a game. So that's an extra six points a game per team. So that's an extra 12 points a game. So I started to ask myself, why? All right. Well, the average team uh, gets 101.6 possessions per game right now, whereas last year, the average team got 97.3 possessions per game. So that's an extra four possessions. Yeah. Four possessions. Make those shots. Yeah, four possessions, six points. That means that they are getting... 75%. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, de- the uh, decreasing shot clock when you get an offensive rebound could play into the fact that teams are scoring faster because of the decreased shot clock. I thought that at first. I, that might help a little bit. Do you know what I think actually is the biggest difference? I think it's the new uh, emphasis on player control. So if at any point as a defensive player you're using your body to control another player, they're gonna call a foul on. Oh my goodness, there's oh that's so difficult. And you're getting so many ticky tacky fouls this way. But A, you're getting more free throws that way. And B, defenses are just backing off. And so if you um and so like if you're able to just play fast and either go with the basket and either get your points or get fouled, why wouldn't you? And so I didn't, I didn't write this stat down, but I know that there is this uh, quantifiable more free throws per game shot this year. Um, here's two stats that I thought that were interesting. Um, on top of these extra possessions, um, there's also 0.8 turnovers per team per game less this year. Less? So, less. Really? Last year wow. there was 13 turnovers per uh, team per game. Okay. Whereas now there's 12.2. So maybe they're taking the shot faster and not having – a chance to lose it. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the less you hang on to the ball, the less chance you have to lose it. There's also, um, I didn't write down the stack, but I uh, read earlier, there's less passes per game. Interesting. Because they're just... Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. That would be, there's less... Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, Dude, dropping some knowledge. Um, so, and then, weirdly, the effective field goal percentage is about the same. It's actually 0.002% less, but it's about the same. Um, but offensive ratings have gone up, probably attributed to less turnovers. Okay. So, um, I think, I think last year the Rockets did something completely different. The Rockets were the first team in NBA history to lead the league in assists, but be like in the bottom half in passes. And they play. They they were really good about playing isolation ball. Yeah. And then get it to um, an open player. You, you, pull, you pull the help defense and you get to the open player. Pretty, you, it's pretty simple, really. Yeah. No. And, but I, then uh, what did that lead to? So I think what that led to was they said, well, that's great, but when is help, help defense the most vulnerable? Transition. Yeah. And I think a lot of coaches had the same idea this offseason. They said, hey, what if we tried that? And you know what I think who does it the best right now? The Pelicans. Pelicans, the Pelicans, I would also say the Lakers. The Lakers are doing it great, but can you really call it the best when you're not winning? I think you could say their that aspect of their game yeah. is better than the Pelicans, but you're right that the also Pelicans Also attributes to the Lakers having probably the highest points in the paint yeah. uh, numbers than any other team. The, the, the Pelicans have the fastest pace of any team in the league right now. 
Yeah. They're um, shooting the ball fast. Weirdly enough, do you know, uh, there's a couple outliers, and one of them was, I here. There's a couple outliers. There's one that I remembered who was really surprising. They're, like, ranked, like, 19th or 20th in pace. They're a pretty slow team, but they're in a, ranked number one in offensive rating, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. What? The Atlanta Hawks currently have the best offensive rating in the league. <laughs> Dude, for real? Right? Well, the Atlanta Hawks... Um, no, I mean, they got some good players. So, uh, there's just some we weren't expecting this year. They were terrible last year. But they really kind of just restructured the entire team. Yeah, they, they, they made the most changes of any team. Um, there's been... Uh, this is this, I read the stat over a week ago, so this might have changed. But as of over a week ago... 12, 12 players have gotten minutes for the Atlanta Hawks, right? All right. Eight of them didn't play for the Hawks last year. Four of them did. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. But um, So, yeah, I, I just thought it was an interesting thing to look out for this season. And um, here's what I think is going to happen. I think, like anything else, people are going to come out swinging at the beginning of the season. It's going to lead to a lot, I think. What's going to decide the winning teams or the losing teams is who adjusts best and gets the best transition defense. And who doesn't get injured. And who doesn't get injured. Well, yeah. No, I understand we're not trying to, like, predict any of that, but I think that that plays a big factor in who succeeds and who doesn't because there's a lot of teams who have a lot of promise, and unfortunately their team gets riddled with injury, and that just takes them out of the running. So that's definitely a possibility that does happen. Um, and with faster play, you're going to get more injuries. Exactly. So yeah. I think that that's going to happen. Which teams can last the longest? Mm. Who's going to pace themselves correctly? Um, so we have these teams that are coming out hot. We have these teams coming out cold. But they're all playing faster. And they're making more shots and making more points. So they're increasing the scoring. But for last year, what we had a lot of injuries. A lot of big big name injuries. This year... I think we did a segment earlier on uh, our injuries increasing or decreasing in the NBA, and I think they were decreasing slightly. But with this increased scoring and increased speed, are they going to go back up? Um. So I think if it was just raw increased scoring, you might be right, but we sort of touched on it earlier. Um, defensive players are not allowed to use their body to control the offensive player in so any way. So I think there's going to be less contact. That added – yeah. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to factor in. So, th- think about the big injuries last year. If less contract, if there's less contact, who wouldn't who wouldn't have gotten hurt? So, Andre Robertson would have still gotten hurt because his was a non-contact play. But um, Gordon Hayward, Gord- LeBron kind of got into him. Could have called it a foul in the air, but but I, I mean, they, even it being a foul doesn't do anything. It would have stopped the, 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 the way the, the way Hayward landed one, did change based on LeBron's. The big one I think of that like. Might have been threatened was Boogie Cousins. Um, if Boogie, if people weren't body, if Kawhi, no, yeah, fuck you, Jaza. Uh yeah. But yeah, regardless, we're we're going off on a tangent on that one. I think that the increase in scoring is it's gonna be good. With, but I don't know where where are we going with this? I don't know. You probably know. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, let's talk about underrated players. One of the more underrated players in the leagues. I think he is top. He might. He's a bubble for top five, but definitely top ten in his position. Um, and that is Andre Drummond. I think Andre Drummond does all the little things the center does. I think Andre Drummond's stats don't necessarily reflect um, everything he does because I think really I think he's 
one of the best defensive powerhouses in center. It's really hard to show defense as a stat line. He's got a great um, defensive mindset and paired with uh, Blake Griffin's offensive power. Yeah. It, they just really work out well, and I think that's why he's, he's having a lot of promise. He's just being able to play off of somebody. It's, it's a great duo that, oh, he, that he puts also, together. Also, like I called, he shoots threes this season. <laughs> he did. He finally did. No, like he's shooting 20% from the field. That's like... Guardable. It's guardable. You gotta guard him. Exactly. If you can get that up to thirty percent, like holy shit, you are gonna be a dangerous fucking player. Yeah. He's at fourteen percent from three. Oh, <laughs> I, sorry. I, 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 he is not guardable in my mind. Three point fucking fire away. If you're gonna get beat by Andre Drummond shooting threes, then that it, sucks because that's not gonna happen. He, he was twenty percent while I checked a couple of like. No, he is. Uh, well, somebody I think this uh, been pretty underrated. Who I think is been able to shoot the three pretty well. Uh, Nikolai Meritic. Yeah. That dude is yeah. on fire, man. He started off the season averaging hella points. Pulled off a little bit. He's down to like 23 uh, points per game, nine nine rebounds, and three assists. So that's that's not bad. Uh, that's more than not bad. Also, he was very good at, at the uh, Bulls, but no one talked about it because the Bulls sucked. And I think he was sort of a steal in that trade scenario. What we get, They gave him a draft pick for him, right? Yeah, he's hit three threes a game. That's, uh, that's uh, all you want. Like. I don't know what Bobby Portis really fucked the Bulls because that he hit them, so they couldn't both be on the same team, and they somehow stuck behind him. Yeah. Why do you stick behind Bobby and not Miritich? Why did you try to? They, is it because Bobby had no trade value? What did they get in return for him? A trade or a pick? I don't even remember if it's a first rounder. Well, that's just the Bulls being the Bulls, but yeah. somebody they did well who is kind of was underrated coming into the season. Zach Levine. Zach Levine. Dude, averaging 29 points per game. Are you kidding me? Is that Coming a, off an ACL injury? Is that right? Because I looked it up earlier today and I got a slightly different number. But uh, This was 24 hours ago. So. Oh, well, uh, by my number, he's actually doing uh, 28.1 points a game. Wait, so he had a little bit of an off, off game last night. Um, well, yeah, because he got freaking wrecked by the Warriors. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Zach, uh, so does everybody. Still, Zach Levine's put up MVP type numbers through seven games. Through seven games, let's qualify this. It's literally the beginning of the season. For him to be the MVP, they're gonna have to do a lot better than they did last year, which they could totally do. Yeah. And he's got to continue making that those amount of points. Yeah. MVP MVP players are on winning teams that make the playoffs. So unless the Bulls don't do that, even if his numbers are that great, it's not going to happen. The Bulls are in the East, so they can totally make playoffs. Totally make playoffs. And I think if they get a five seed in the East, he's MVP candidate. I just don't see the Bulls getting a five seed in the East. Well, if he's shooting like that, they're not playing the freaking. What Warriors marketing gets back? Exactly. They'll get another. They'll get some more points. Yeah. But so, I So this brings me chance. into an uh, interesting thing. I was looking at so I was somewhere and I had a moment to kill and I was looking through my feeds, I was looking at Zach Levine's stats, I was like, Wow. Like Zach Levine is sort of the anti Derrick Rose. Like he tore his ACL and came back and now he's doing awesome for Chicago, whereas Derrick Rose was doing awesome for Chicago and tore his ACL and never really fully came back. <laughs> and so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say at first I I'm gonna say at first my intentions were uh, fuck Derek Rose kind of intentions, but then I was like you know what that's not fair. I don't know the I don't know the facts, 
And so I decided to go in and look at the facts and say, hey, is um, Derek Rose, like Derek Rose to Zach Levine, like my question was, if Zach Levine can do it, why couldn't Rose? And here's what I came up with, and the numbers actually surprised me. So I'm going to go through, I went through a history of Derek Rose injuries, and I basically eliminated all the ones of 10 games or less, because he has a lot of little ones. Like Derek Rose has a ton of little ones, and I'm going to get back to that in a minute. But the three big ones are he tore his left ACL and missed 99 games. It's over a season. He tore his right meniscus and missed 76 games. Pretty close to a season. And then he tore his right meniscus again and missed another 20 games. So all in all, those three injuries right there. That's cost about at least three games. Not three seasons. 96 plus 99 is going to be 185. 195. Yeah. 195 is over two seasons right there. That's two and a half seasons. From those two. So, plus the other 20. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That's 96 plus uh, 20 plus 99. Oh, okay. Higher. I yeah. got you. Yeah. But um, Zach Levine towards ACL. Zach Levine missed 35 games. Although you do have to look at timing of that. So Derek Rose tore his ACL at the beginning of the season versus Zach Levine was Derek midway Rose through. Then he missed the entire season. But okay, at playoffs, end of one season. Then he missed the beginning. Yeah. Zach Levine tore his ACL mid one season, so it'd be entire spring and yeah. off season to rehab. Yeah. So no. timing wise, Zach Levine was going to miss less games anyway. But, or, regardless. But, but, Derek, but Derek Rose tore his ACL in the playoffs and missed an entire season where Zach Levine had less than a season to recover. And I'm not a doctor. I Something tells me not all ACL tears are equal. Some tells me some are worse than others. Oh, yeah. There's got to be. I mean, Absolutely. it also matters on the A. Because here's the thing. Matters on the ACL, you get put back into you. Yeah, because you gotta have an ACL if you're gonna make those yeah. kind of jump cuts. And uh, no, we know from experience, we have a friend who had his two torn ACL, who had the one from the cadaver they put in him deteriorate completely out of his knee, so he had to have another ACL surgery. So the quality of the surgery, the, the how bad it was, how bad the, there's just a lot of factors that go into it, which I think played the most part, mm-hmm. but. I think you have some other information, Sam. So that's all the. So just to put it in perspective, um, Zach Levine now, after missing uh, 35 games with ACL, sort of having a down year last year, um, he's now averaging 32 minutes a game, which isn't a ton. At 28.1 points, five rebounds, and 3.1 assists, shooting just shy of 52 percent from the field. That's that is perfect. Don't change a thing. You got that. Yeah, and um, so that's. That right there is exactly what they what they wanted out of Derrick Rose. Like that's that's a Derrick Rose type season. He's playing outstanding, but um, so the whole Zach Levine versus Derrick Rose, I see it going. I see the argument going one of two ways. Oh, I got a third way to throw into you after you bring up those two ways. <laughs> so, so um, the way I see it, Derrick Rose obviously had more injuries, missed a lot more games, and like it. One of those things where, you know, the longer you're out, the more you're injured, the harder it is to come back. Yeah. And so maybe you can say, but also, Derrick Rose is the only NBA player I know of who's ever no called, no showed a game. Remember for the Knicks, he just yeah. decided not to come one day? Yeah. Remember for the Cavs when he decided, I don't know how to play basketball for a while. And also, he had a bunch of little one to two game injuries that, like, I didn't write down or anything because I didn't think they were relevant. But the more I thought about it, 
My other argument is, what if Derek Rose is just missing that mental toughness? Like, Here's what, the thing. That's I want to lead into that. There, that's a possibility, but I think that might be because of the the mental berate he's had yeah. in his season because he was and, and, and is an MVP. He was the youngest MVP of all time. Exactly. That's Zach Levine coming up has been a great dunker. He's an, a, a two-time dunker. Coming back to be the person where you weren't – he had so much – Derek Rose had so much hype on him that I think when he finally fell, he fell from a greater height and got hurt harder. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so I think that that might have something to do with it. Zach Levine has been able to – he he fell a little bit when he got injured, but you can you can still Sean Livingston that, and you can still come back Paul George it, and on your way up is a lot easier. But when you feel like you've hit your peak, that's just hard to come back from. You know, like you never think you're going to be that good again. Well, little side note while we're here with Google and talking about horrible injuries, Nathan, can you Google for me whatever happened to Kevin Ware? Uh, remember Kevin Ware from Louisville? Probably uh, the worst he, injury I ever watched live. He transferred to Georgia Tech, played out uh, his college career there, and hasn't done anything since. Hey, but good for him. Play like, it out, man. That is by far the most gruesome injury I've ever seen live. Like, that was – but, all right. Uh, moving onward, uh, we, brought up, we brought up Derrick Rose there for a minute. Yeah, we did. What's Derrick Rose doing this season? He's he's impressing people, I think. If Derrick Rose remains not a starter, he is my sixth man of the year. Do it. Lock like, me in. Lock yeah. me in. I like it. Well, Comeback well, story. Well, while we got Nathan on the Google, will you, Google, will you pull up his stat line real quick? I know he's playing ridiculous. I know he's had a couple of just complete breakout games. He's only had, I think he's averaging 15 or so points. Yeah. Off which the is bench on like 23 minutes. Oh, Kyrie is he's, going uh, He's oh averaging 14 points, uh, 28 minutes. Because uh, he cut his hair. Four rebounds a game, four assists per game. Yeah. So 14, 4, and 4 on 28 minutes off the bench. What more do you want from back at point guard? Um, Beautiful. Let's see. Beautiful. I think I think he's I think he's playing outstanding. Yeah, he also, blew up uh, against Dallas, had a twenty eight er against Dallas. Not, Saw not, that. Not um, only is he like putting up these like fairly like pretty pretty good stats, very good stats. He's making big plays in big moments, and like the stat the plays he's putting up. Imagine vintage D Rose, but he finger rolls and uh, dunks it, and that's how he's playing right. He's figuring out, I think, how to control... How to not break his knees. Yeah! He's got to figure out how to control his body so he can still make the in, the explosive cuts he needs to to make people think that, oh shit, this guy could totally take my ankles whenever he wants. They're playing a little bit softer D or a little bit harder D, allowing him to open up, get the score, or make the assist, which is all you want from your freaking back of point guard. That's perfect. Um... I, I have one point of contention with him, which is fine. My point of contention with his entire career, and I get it. He's a backup point guard. This is in his role. But where's the defense? Like, <laughs> he's also trying to not get hurt. Yeah, no, no, and I get that. But and I, he's a former MVP, and he's also had a long history of injuries. But at a certain point, you gotta ask at him, that point, you got to be like, okay, I get where yeah, he's coming from. Yeah, no, I'm like. I think he's accepted that liability. It's like, if you want me on your team, I'm going to be yeah. somewhat of a liability. And, and that's that's what comes with Derrick Rose. But if I were GM and I had a backup point guard, like, when you got to give your backup point guard superstar considerations as far as, like, injury and, um, like, stamina, like, preservation. Yeah. To me, if I'm a GM and I have a backup point guard, I want a guy who's going to go out there and play 110% every single play and not give up on defense. And you know what? That might be an unpopular opinion because a lot of point guards do. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I think that, you know, maybe Tom Thibodeau is a good enough coach. He can hide him in the defensive scheme. But I, I, it, I think in order to be a player who can give up on defense, you either have to, A, take very little money, good for Derrick Rose, or B, be a superstar type like a James Harden, a LeBron type. Yeah. But if I were GM, I'd think twice before signing a backup point guard. He's like, oh, by the way, I don't play. I don't but he has defense. a goal to be – he has the aspirations and yeah. the desire to be yeah. what you want him to be. And for a veteran minimum, he's a great deal. Exactly. But you don't I, have to pay him a lot. You get what you want out of him. And he's still getting his ideas. And contract. he's getting paid for it. That yeah. seems like a win-win-win right there. But I don't see him making more than a veteran minimum. I don't think he wants to. He's making it from Adidas, which will run out in how many years? It don't matter. He's No matter what, he's locked in? No, no. I'm saying it doesn't matter if it runs out or not. He doesn't need to make money. That's not an issue for him. Do you think he would have? Reti- I think he would have retired by now if it wasn't. Yeah, I, I, I think when the Indiana's contract runs out, he retires. I don't think he'll ever give up basketball. I think he loves the game, but like when your body well, played that high level, yeah, when your body's taking that many tolls for that long, like yeah. But I, why, why play at that high level if you're not getting that paid for it? Exactly what Sam just said. Guy loves playing basketball. You, right. You, you know you can play basketball and not be in the NBA, right? Like, I'm not in the NBA, and I still appear out to play basketball. I know, but I think the competitive nature in him wants to play at against think, the top I competition. I don't think he has that competitive nature in him. I think that's why you saw him no call, no show, what he played with the Knicks. I think, no, I think any professional athlete has a competitive nature, but, like, when you put him up against... He uh, needs a goal. Yeah. He needs something and, that he's and, fighting for. And I think right now it's that Adidas money. Adidas money... Those things coupled have been able to push him, but yeah. if it's just about one or the other, I don't think he does. Yeah, no, I, and honestly, I I would not hold a single thing against him that, that he, if he retired the second Adidas contract went out. Because you're only going to be making the veteran minimum. Fuck it, Derrick Rose, like, you can be making more money in broadcasting. You can be making more right? money. Oh, you can man. be making more money as an assistant coach somewhere. Like, there's College. plenty of ways you can st- Colleges would pay you. Yeah, hell there's, of money. there's plenty of ways you can stay in basketball. To sustain your family. And, and I think it's for the not kids. put your body not put your body at the limit. And so if you're not making that what is it, like $130 million from Adidas over the course of his Yeah, program. He doesn't need money. <laughs> Listen, there's a, you can say he doesn't need money. It's not about that. But I think you have to be making money. I think there's a pride thing in making money. I think if you're just like, hey, I'm up, like, I have this opportunity to make this money, you do it or you don't. And I think if the money's worth it, you do it, and the Adidas money's worth it. But I don't think with the money he has, the better minimum's worth it. Yeah, it's how it's like if someone asks you, how much would it would you would it take you to do X? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'd still do it for that. If 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 you want, let me put it this way: if you won the lottery, would you still work? Because I still would. Yeah. If you if you won the lottery, lottery, would you still work for minimum wage? Fuck. Would you work? Depends if I like the job. Yeah, yeah. And then there's I think working, if I won the lottery, would be more about not being bored and wanting to do something I enjoy versus how much I'm making doing it. So maybe Derek Rose. If I found that. something I truly loved and then won the lottery, I'd do so that's something I truly love for free. Then I won. I've got plenty of money. Now let me just not sit around and do nothing all What's day. Vince let me Carter, enjoy what, stuff. What is Vince Carter getting paid, sir? That oh, minimum. Well, 2.3 million. Something like that. Well, then that I think that right there explains it. He could be like a men's Carter. I don't think Derek Rose and Vince Carter are the same club. Regardless, we'll find out when Derek's contract with yeah, well, Adidas no, comes out. No. That was the only thing I'm making. If it's still, it's conceivable that you could be there just because you love basketball. You don't really By care about rings. You don't care about money. This is 69 points. Nice. Nice. But um, yeah. Sam, this wasn't going to be a good one. 
Still plenty of time, but Boston's yeah. starting to All overwhelm right. So, um, our next question we want to talk about, um, there's one, he's not even a free agent, but there's one basically piece out there that everyone in the league wants a part of. And right now it seems like there's only one real contract. He's showing out for it too. Like he's so, worth it. Jimmy Butler this season, twenty-two um, in thirty-three point seven minutes a game, twenty-two and a half points, five point three rebounds, three point three assists, shooting fifty point five percent from the floor. Oh, that's pretty good. That's fantastic. That's so bad. All right. So right now the only real offer on the table is from the Houston Rockets. It's their 2019, 2021, 2023, and 2025 first-round draft picks. Notice that they're staggered every other year because of the Stepiathan rule. And I actually think that takes a lot of value out of this. Because, yeah, it's four first-round draft picks. And when I first heard four first-round draft picks, I got excited. Like, yeah, the next two years are going to be lit. But you're still going to be getting draft picks from 2025. And so you're going to give up some win now for some potential later. Do you have any idea who the top draft pick in – Let's say that 2021 NBA draft is going to be. Fuck no, you don't. Fuck no, I don't. Depends. Fuck no, no one knows. Is, it, it honestly depends on if how, many long, how long the best players stay on their teams. Because theoretically, that could be Zion Williamson if he stayed at Duke for three years. He but he's, he's gone after one season. Because we're in the one and done. So, and so, also, by, was it 2019 pick? Yeah. 20, so you could pick him up. Yeah, 2019 pick Zion. So well, also this, theoretically, but this, the, but this will be the Rockets pick. So it'll be in the twenties, right? So that's what you got to think about. Yeah. If you're going to say that they're not going to pick him up because you don't know who's going to be good, I think the question of by the nature of this game, by the nature of things and how they are, they're going to get better yeah. and better and better. Yeah. The recruits are going to be working harder and harder first round and draft harder. First-round draft picks are first-round draft picks. Exactly. Uh, you're, you're with, I'm, I'm with you. First-round draft picks are first-round draft picks. They are all, they are inherently full of value. So for Minnesota not to take the four picks, I think it's them saying we've got how much more? How how long do you think they have before they're really hurting for? Well, so here I, we sort of talked about it earlier. I think if the Rockets weren't one and four, they'd be taking that deal. Um, but, they might be one and five here. They're down twenty. Yeah, uh, but I think they're sitting there. I think they're sitting there, they're looking at the leverage and saying, hey, you need this more than we do. And, you know, you, here, here's what they said. They went back to him and said, we want all that and Eric Gordon. And Eric Gordon. So, here's the thing. They proposed a counteroffer, so yeah. it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. So, let's let's talk about what Jimmy Butler's actually worth. So, I'm going to put it up in terms of the um, Rockets. And here's what I'd do by the Rockets. You offered four first-rounders, and um, they wanted four first-rounders in Eric Gordon. I would throw up two first-rounders, a second-rounder in Eric Gordon. You think – I just have a hard time believing that the Rockets th- are willing to part with Eric Gordon, though. He, I, brings, uh, he brings so much off their bench, which I think they would significantly miss. But I think – I know adding Jimmy Butler is – that's that helps them when Jimmy – well, their starting lineup, but I think – Eric Gordon is just such a good player and such a key player on their second lineup. Yeah. No, but I also think the Rockets are really good at finding players. I have a system that they can always find pickup free. Look at all the free agent pickups they made midseason last year. Joe Johnson put up great minutes for him. Gerald Green 
put up great minutes for him. Um, I'm missing one, but I know they had at least three good ones. I think that um, just uh, Mike D'Antoni is very good at having a system where you can plug and play different players and know what kind of players he wants to go after and use the type of players that get waived from other teams. And so Off I think uh, I, I no, think they, I think he had being in the season. Okay, but regardless, I think a you can sort of count on you can sort of count on him to build depth, but you can't count on him to build starters because starters are players that teams don't give up. And so get having an opportunity to get a player like Jimmy Butler and have a starting lineup. Let me just go through the starting lineup here because it's stupid scary. It's Chris Paul, James Harden, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker. Clint Capella. And Carmelo Anthony at the six, by the way. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony at the six. Again, my, my issue at is... Six. At the six? I put in Gerald Green over him. Frankly, I put in... He's shooting really well. He's actually pretty hot this season. Carmelo is? Yeah. I'm he's averaging he's, pl- he's averaging five points better than Gerald Green is. Shooting... He's doing exactly what we thought he would do. Shooting about the same as Green is right now. My, my issue, I know you guys don't believe it, is still the depth on them. I'm looking at their roster, and you're getting, so you know. After, yeah. you, so everyone we just named is the reason that they would be good, but after. After, it, when they do need to take Chris Paul and James Harden and Jim just there's nothing there. But I think. I, Ennis has been a bust. Michael Carter-Williams hasn't done anything. They had barely played Gary Clark. Their bench right now is is Gerald is Gerald Green, PJ Tucker, and Eric Gordon is their bench. They're the only ones who can show that they can score. And even then, it hasn't been enough to make up for the times when two out of the three of Harden, Paul, and Butler are on the bench getting rest. It's just it's not enough to make up so, for so it. So here's something I've read um, from multiple sources, which I think is a long shot, but I think it'd be really cool. Um at the point the Phoenix Suns give up on being a playoff team, which could happen. Maybe, well, I, maybe think, I think I think they're. I think going into the season, they knew they weren't going to be a playoff team. Uh, I don't think that's the case. We were talking like they could be a sleeper team, but I don't yeah. know if they were ever really. But at the, at the point they say, "Hey, we made a fun stab this year, but let's prepare ourselves for next year." Who's the optimum buyout candidate? Trevor Ariza. Mm-hmm. They could totally buy out Trevor Ariza, and if Trevor Ariza gets bought out, do you really? And he just he has made his fifteen million. Do you think the Rockets would resign him? Hey, he'd have to, if, assuming they get Jimmy Butler, he'd have to take the veteran minimum. Oh no, yeah, he to, and he totally would because uh, Jimmy, they're borderline uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler needing to take the veteran minimum. That's how over the caps cap space they are after signing that Chris Paul contract. Listen, he. Cap space is a myth. You can pay if you're willing to pay. You can have whatever player you want on your team. I'm convinced. I know there's rules, and I just throw throw up air quotes. But I'm 100% convinced that if your owner's willing to pay, you can make whatever team you want and play your players, uh, pay your players whatever you want. And yeah, I get it. Maybe you don't want to pay a half a billion dollars for an NBA team, but. I think you're legally allowed to. <laughs> you pay enough money. Yeah, I, 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 here's the thing is, like, luxury tax, the deeper you get into it, the more you have to pay. But if you wanted to, you could take the, how many, there's what, 14, 14 players on an uh, NBA team, right? 17. 17? 15, then two two-way contracts. Yeah, so 15. There's 15. You could take the 15. If you really want to do, you could take the 15 highest-paid players in the NBA and put them all on one team and just 
fork up a billion dollars. I, I I'm sure there's a reason why you can't do that, but I've if someone had the means. I've read up on I've read up on cap space, and from my dumbass uh, understanding of it, I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think they'll let it slide. But, but also, why would you do that? Because do you know who's a top twelve most paid player in the NBA is fucking Paul Millsap. And I can think of so many players I'd rather have on my team. I mean, he's fine. He's good. He's fine. He's good. He's making. Like, still doesn't take away from the point that you could build a, he's a making, team. He's, for... he's making like thirty million a year. Alright, you're to the Atlanta Let's contract. Continue. I am drunk. Let's move on to worth mentioning. Our segment we want to keep going is something that happened this past week that, you know, this is just kind of worth mentioning. You can say a little bit about it, but let's not go go into too much. My thing is Clay Thompson, man. We had to say it at least one point in this, this podcast. He just dropped uh, NBA record 14 threes in one game. Not even a full 30 fucking minutes. He, which, by the way, there has been over 150,000 NBA games played this year in, in the history of the NBA. 150,000. And only two times in less than 30 minutes has there been more than, oh, shit, what was it, 50 points 50 scored? Um, here's why I don't believe that. Please check it. No, no, no. And I think, I think that it's a victim of people didn't keep stats the same way they did in the day. But in less than that amount of time. So but, because there were, there were people who... Yeah. who Played more and got more. But if Wilt scored 100 points in a game. That's what I'm saying. That's, I knew exactly where you are going. Because he played more minutes, he played the full 48, then that means that he also would have could have had 50 points in less oh, than Oh, but because he played time. more than 30 points. Exactly. Count. Okay. It, yeah. Exactly. Okay. So other, other people have gotten 50 points in 30 minutes, but then played more than 30 minutes? Yes. Okay. Then, yeah. All right. Then, yeah. I agree. So in less than 30 minutes, you got that amount of points yeah. and then stop. It, 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 it doesn't stop it from being incredibly impressive. Right. They they completely tighten it. The, the... Yeah. Clay Thompson is one of those players. The Warriors, just they finally called upon him. You know, in the past week, they've had KD and Steph just combining for 60 points. Um, they had Steph go off for a record. I forget what it was, but they've been killing it. And they're finally like, Hey Clay, by the way, you want to drop a hell of points this game? We were kind of tired. <laughs> like that is, I think it's worth mentioning. My, my only response to that is how long till Curry breaks the 14 made three point record this season. Less than, less, less than two seasons. I think he breaks it this season. I'm saying yeah, how many games and, it this season until yeah, he breaks it. And guess what? Do you know who breaks it immediately after that? Kevin Durant. No. Nope, or Clay, Clay Thompson. <laughs> Clay. I think I think Curry and Clay are just going to continue one up each other. That'd be fun. Alright, uh, you got a worth mentioning? I got one. Cavs clearly know what they're doing. Firing Ty Lue. They won by 22 tonight. Beat the Atlanta Fuck Hawks. yeah! We're no longer winless! <laughs> who did we beat? The Atlanta Hawks. Ah! <laughs> Impressive, guys. Totally. Yeah. Clearly, clearly they know what they're doing now. All right, I've got two. One sort of piggybacks on him, but the Golden State Warriors put up 92 points at the half. There's a point where I'm watching basketball where 92 points is a fine score to finish a game. Finish a game. Four yeah. quarters. Yeah. No, they, they, they did it in two. They did it in two. And, like, that's amazing. Um, they should just start the 2019 offseason. Yeah. Damn, dude. Let's just not the Warriors. What was your second thing? Oh, fuck. I had it. I'm drunk. 
<laughs> so he grabs another beer. Well, we go, we go, we're going to assume that one's lost in ether time. Space. We'll see if it comes back to me. Um, we're going to move on to our final segment of the night. Uh, we're comparing our two players who are, uh, didn't really play in the same era. Well, they kind of did, but it, not really. This one's this week is the Kobe prime Bryant. of one is indifferent than the prime of the other. Kobe Bryant versus Kevin Durant. Who is the better player? Now, are we? I'm gonna say I'm gonna ask this now. And we'll proceed as such. Do we want to proceed as who is going to be the better player, or who is the better player right now? My answer stays the same for both. If we if right now. One retired, one in the prime of his career versus one versus both retired at the end of the well, day. My answer picking. stays the same. What about you, Sam? My answer Did your answer so, stay the same or change in, in that sense? So I'm gonna here, I'm gonna give sort of a cop out answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give both. I'm gonna say, all right, right now, I think Kobe is the better player. I think it's because Kobe at one point in his career had to step up and be the number one guy on his team. And don't get me wrong. Kevin Durant is the number one guy, uh, has been the number one guy on both his teams, but not the end-all, be-all number one guy. If he wanted to take a night off, he could put it on Russ, or he could put it on Steph. I think he has always sort of been a high-efficiency guy, but never a take-over-the-whole-team kind of guy, and Kobe has been a take-over-the-whole-team kind of guy. For and two of his three championships. Yeah, and so what I'm throwing out here is... I would argue almost three or four... Kevin Kevin Durant, if you want to end your your career end your career better than Kobe, I think it's well in your wheelhouse. You're a free agent at the end of the offseason. Go somewhere bad and make them good. Yeah, that would be the final to like that would go be to the, the Knicks. Thing. Go to the Caps or go to the Bulls. Go to go to anybody but the Lakers, Rockets, or. Sixers, Raptors, Boston. Celtics. Yeah. Anybody but those teams, Spurs. we probably Spurs. We we would consider you to be vindicated if, but, if it were. Because so, that's what LeBron did. He went from yeah. the freaking Heat to the Cavs and brought them a chair. That's but that's also, what you also, want. Let me, let me throw out a fun little scenario for you. He just has to sign with the Knicks. Porzingis comes back off injuries, and then you got Durant and Porzingis. Also, Kyrie Irving's a free agent and says, Hey, guys. I always want to play in New York. That's a big three. But even if, as long as he is the number one guy on that team. He went there before they came back. Yeah. He'd be fine. Yeah. No, and I think I think if he does that, I think if he wins a couple, I think if he wins one chip and one more MVP in his career, I'll give it to him over Kobe. So you give it to as him over Kobe in the future. Yes. If but right now, started, Kobe. Right, right now, Kobe. You're Kobe. You're Kobe. I like Durant. I think Whoa. pure pure Whoa. talent of the game. I think Durant's a better player. Okay. Pure talent, offense, defense, the talent of the game. Not necessarily forget about the situations they've been in as players. Lakers, Golden State, Thunder. Just think about the talent, basketball talent that each possesses. Yeah. I think Durant is better. But so that's just my okay. opinion. I I can see what you're talking about. I still have to give it to Kobe in my mind. Because I think that as a player, he would have been different if he was. He's been able to play as a team player. We've seen that with the Shaq, and he's been able to play as the ISO. I'm going to take the fucking shot player. But, but he also kind of drove Shaq off the team. 
I wouldn't say he drove. I think there was okay that he was a contributing factor. He was a contributing factor. Regardless, I don't think that takes away from the kind of player that he was. Yeah, or what he was able to become. With Durant, we've seen him be able to be a team player, but we haven't been able to see him be an isolation winner. So that's why I think I give it to Kobe because he's been able to be an ISO winner. Now, did he? Wait. Kevin Durant has a great, great argument because he makes he's a very efficient player and he's been able to, um, I, I guess, be the top two top two guy in the league for going on six years now. Um, at what point in his career was Kobe with, uh, definitively like undisputed the number one guy in his? At least his MVP season. Uh, like in the at league or least. on his team? In the league. In the league. In the league. So his MVP season, um, I actually think he didn't deserve his MVP season, but he did deserve it Steve Nash's. See, Steve Nash's second one he should have had, but he actually shouldn't have gotten his Chris Paul. So we're not, I wasn't going by my stands on this. I was going by everyone else's stands. Yeah. His MVP season, apparently he was the best player. Yeah. But here – so – He's been, I think he's definitely been a top two, top three guy multiple times. Um, Kobe, we're talking about. Kobe. Uh, Kevin Durant, also MVP. And by everyone else's standard, sure, he's the best player in the league that year. But I also think that Kevin Durant has never been, I don't think either of them ever been undisputed best player in the league for a year. Whereas I think, and I think we got to take that into consideration and call it a wash, sure. But um, I think Kobe has been closer to being undisputed best player in the league than Kevin Durant has. That's because there's a there's a point in, in Kobe's career between LeBron and Jordan. Durant has been in the league as long as LeBron has, and ever since Durant's been in the league, LeBron has mix. been the best player in the league. Take LeBron out of that mix. Because Durant was drafted in no five. Both players up, so then it was then me. Take LeBron out of that mix, I think they both get about equal seasons. About equal seasons. Um, I think Kobe would have more. Hey, if anything, I think Durant would have more. Because I think it's been a Durant LeBron league for at least the last five, six seasons. And like, yeah, Steph's awesome. And but Kawhi's like, had that one year but, um, before he got hurt. But I, I think everyone's pretty much says like, yeah, some people might win the MVP, but best player in the league is Durant or LeBron. Okay. I, I can see that. Yeah. It's because MV, MV, MVP is half the situation you're in. Like half, I, half the situation you're in, half, quarter of the stats, 10% fan vote, and then I wish they could break media that down. hype. I mean, because obviously that's why people think it's so hard for Golden State Warriors to win MVP because do they really need that player to win yeah. games? No. No, you no. Take, you that's why that's why people think LeBron should have deserved the MVP every year he's been in Cleveland because that as we are seeing right now, that team is garbage. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They beat the Hawks tonight. <laughs> you have Thank you very much. One the more win than they do. The problem was clearly Ty Lue. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I, I think, in the, I believe in Larry Drew. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's why you're going to see, I think that's why the Farmers MVP right now are Anthony Davis and Giannis. Because take them away from their team, I don't think either are playoff teams. Or Kawhi. Or Kawhi, I think, should be up there, too. He's playing. I think those, those are your top three right now. Who would you say? Anthony Davis, Kawhi. Giannis. Giannis. Probably right now Right now would be I, your MVP, MVP right, finals. So, hold on. I, I think you're right if you use the take them off their team argument. But by stats alone, I 
think we got to talk about another Steph MVP year because Steph is having a stupid good year again. No, he's not the most valuable player. We're talking about the stupid award. He's a great player. He might be exactly. a top uh, that, That's why the MVP, MVP is such a, like an MVP asterisk of award. Everything. Award. Uh, because situation. if MVP was based on stats Instead alone, then Steph would be the minus, like, obviously, hard MVP is based on stats alone. It's sh- Fuck off. I don't know about That's that. That's not true. I, I, dis- I disagree it. because because yeah. they got a five seed in the Western Conference when it was just Russ. You take him off that league, that it's is a bottom four said. team okay. in the no, NBA. That's a fair point, I guess. You yeah, take, you take right. Russ off that team, that team is nowhere close to a playoff. You're right. Because he was literally I, I, the I, team. No, but the, my only argument for why I was saying that was James Harden was on a more winning team, and James Harden, even though he didn't put up the triple-double season – Possibly, I think that... They weren't going to give it to Russ again because he already won it for the triple No, but I'm talking about the season Russ won. That's why LeBron so, hasn't had yeah. four straight in the Yeah, exactly. exactly. Everyone's like, oh, but the, the, se- the season not based on stats. The season Russ won, I on... think if he didn't get his stats, he wouldn't have won. I think if he didn't okay. average a triple-double... I no, think if I think... LeBron didn't average the points he averaged when he won his right. MVP, he wouldn't got gotten by then. No, but fine. Like, let's just... So, what was the... In his triple-double, what was the lowest? Was it assists? 11 rebounds, 10 assists, I believe. I'm just making this up. This could be wrong. But take it down to 9, but add one more rebound. So almost the same stat line. But I think if he didn't break history, he still would have won it. But I think because he had that narrative of stats, that's what gave it to him. So you just said that even if he didn't have that, he would have won it. No. I, I, I could, then I misspoke. What I said was if, if he had... So you're saying if he didn't have the triple double, if he didn't he average a triple double, the MVP. Yes, but if say he puts up close, say he puts up nine point eight, uh, say he puts up one more rebound, but nine point eight assists per game. But that's not an average triple double. I think that's James Harden's MVP season. So I think it had to do with his stat narrative because he broke history. Because I think the Rockets were clearly a better team, and I frankly think the Rockets need James Harden. So we've already talked about how it's not just the stats, it's the situation. Yeah. Which is what we've been, I've, we've been, I've been saying this whole fucking time. But you're just wanting to dunk on LeBron freaking Westbrook. No, what we were saying before was, I could be wrong, but what we were saying before was it's stats and situation, and I said it can be stats alone, but I guess I was wrong. You're right. Regardless, is Kevin Durant better than Kobe Bryant? <laughs> no. Not right now. He, had, he could I be. I think so. He could be. Not right now. We got, you think he could be. He's not right now. You think he I mean, is and he will be better. I mean, if he is now, he will when he's when it's all said and done. I think he'll be better. I think Kevin Durant has put himself in the circumstances to look better. And I think Kobe Bryant has stuck with the same team for 20 fucking years. Whether he wanted to or not, he was. Can't deny it. And so I think he is better. Yeah. And that's it. So I think that's the closest we've ever had to a tie. I'm a 50-50 at best. You're hard now. You're hard. Yes. I think that's a tie. But also fuck Kevin Durant. So Kobe wins. <laughs> All right. With that, thank you for listening. Have a good night.